welcome to A Fistful of Truth. I am your host, Delara Essengill, and this is my podcast. You can find A Fistful of Truth on Spotify, Anchor.fm, and many more public platforms all listed on the Anchor.fm portal. All of these platforms are also listed on my blog at delaraessengill.blog, where you can read about the latest decodes, What's going on and much more, other topics that people dare not cover, you can research simply by entering a keyword into the far right keyword search, pull up topics that you never dared to read about before, and please kindly enter your email address if you scroll down to the right side of the blog where you and 46,600 and something other followers, thank you so much for everybody who supports this blog and podcast by entering your email address so I can stay in touch with you because I believe the lights are going to go out at some point. And if you listen to the latest decode featuring Snackanon, the latest one was in Anchorage, Alaska. There's one coming up tomorrow. POTUS decode coming up tomorrow. Uh, Saturday night, we're going to be doing a decode, but POTUS rally in Arizona Prescott tomorrow. But please do check out the article with Snackanon called POTUS Decode Anchorage, Alaska. There's a podcast as well. You must listen to it if you're going to tune into the next one because it goes in sequential order. You'll be missing out on information. So I highly recommend you do them in order, listen to them in order because it talks about things that may not occur to you if you skip a step. So make sure you check that out at delaraessengill.blog. There's links there that you can listen to and tune in also this weekend. Also, you can find me on my blog, Delara, excuse me, you can find me on my new website. So many things to keep track of. A fistful of truth.com features the latest podcast, blog posts, and latest products that help me pay for and only keeping this up every day. Blogging and podcasting um, allows for the uh, the cost that takes takes to run all this stuff in the back end on the digital end. So in the meantime, I want to thank everybody that helps spread this information. I am censored. You name the platform, I'm censored. I'm even censored on Telegram. So if you guys can kindly click copy and share this podcast uh, or a blog article that resonates with you or just the website, send it to somebody. Say, hey, check out this website. Post it in a group. If you're in a chat group with people that are open-minded, that are seeking truth, that aren't new to the information either. I do have an article called uh, The Great Awakening for Newbies. You can share that with them. But please do share anything, everything that you can that I'm putting out because I can't do it. I rely on you, the listeners, to do it. Thank you for writing to me. You guys are awesome, by the way. I really appreciate the comments that come in. Um, I don't get to get to every email and I don't see every comment and I don't see, I can't because I'm just, it's impossible. So if you have written to me and I haven't responded, it's probably because one, I probably didn't get it because the filters are set to so high. And two, I may not have even seen it most likely, honestly, because if I see it, I respond. So thank you for everybody. And thank you for sharing. Today is normally health matters. It is the 21st of July, 2022 here on a fistful of truth. Today is normally health matters, but we're going to take a little break. We're still going to keep health matters because health does matter. Without health, there is nothing. Um, we're going to we're going to have a little mini series here, and we're going to switch back and forth. Most most likely, you'll hear a health matters episode on Thursdays, but we're going to do a series called a series that's very important right now, called the right to bear arms here on a fistful of truth, talking about the Second Amendment. And we have here today with us uh, one of my favorite Anons and Patriots. Uh, Dean Washington will be here with us shortly. He is an expert on uh, firearms, firearms safety, an instructor. Um, He's had many, many years experience as an LEO. So he will be here during this entire series and he's a wealth of education and knowledge. And uh, today we're gonna be doing an introduction to uh, the right to bear arms. And um, before we get into that, I want to read to you guys uh, from the Second Amendment. We're going to do that shortly here, and then I will introduce uh, Dean, and he will be talking to us throughout the weeks about our Second Amendment rights. So here we go. The Second Amendment of our United States Constitution. One of the first things I learned about before I even got to law school, but I was known in my class as the constitutionalist. 
And uh, there was a lot of people who opposed me even back then. They were mad at me for following the Constitution because the indoctrination of Luciferianism, Marxism, socialism was already in place in our schools when I was attending law school here in, uh, it was in Northern California at the time. But let's go back to the United States Constitution, the Second Amendment. Oh, well, this is the original text, by the way, the Second Amendment. And do tune into the blog article I will be posting sometime this weekend called New Podcast Series, The Right to Bear Arms, featuring Dean Washington on A Fistful of Truth. The original text of the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution states, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The Second Amendment, a little bit of history for you here to the United States Constitution, protects the right, our right here as Americans, united, not divided, to keep and bear arms. It was ratified on December 15th, 1791, 1791, along with nine other articles what we call the Bill of Rights. In D.C., District of Columbia versus Heller, a case in 2008, remember that year who took office? The Supreme Court affirmed for the first time that the right belongs to individuals for self-defense in the home, while also including that the right is not unlimited and does not preclude the existence of certain long-standing prohibitions, such as those prohibiting the possession of firearms by felons and the mentally ill, people that clearly should not own any firearms, or restrictions on the carrying of dangerous and unusual weapons. In McDonald versus City of Chicago in 2010, hmm, 2008, who takes office illegally and has a mandingo uh, with him? And in 2010, where is he from? That creature. In McDonald versus the City of Chicago, Come on, you guys listen to this for the commentary, you know it. In McDonald versus City of Chicago, the Supreme Court ruled that the state and local governments are limited to the same extent as the federal government from infringing upon this right. So there's a lot more to the uh, the Bill of Rights I could go on and on, but let's just read a little bit about it each week so we can digest what's going on. I tend to get overloaded with information and I find that crumbs are indeed easier to swallow. So do your homework, check out the, you know, go read the Bill of Rights. It's so important. Our kids don't even read these things anymore because the schools don't teach them. But I know my Bill of Rights and so should everybody else, especially the Second Amendment, which guarantees that although freedom is not free, the only way to a free state, a free existence in this country called America, this beautiful land, was guaranteed by our forefathers for a reason that the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not indeed be infringed. So without further ado, welcome to A Fistful of Truth. This is the very first episode. And again, I urge you to listen to these in order because they will be sequential. The right to bear arms. Uh, Welcome, Dean Washington. Well, welcome to today's episode of A Fistful of Truth. We're talking about the Second Amendment today and all sorts of topics related to the Second Amendment. Today, I am proud to to, and honored to have here a guest with decades of law enforcement experience, a firearms and self-defense instructor and expert. Welcome to A Fistful of Truth, Dean Washington from California. Hello, Delara, how are you doing today? I'm doing terrific, Dean. How are you? Oh, just wonderful. I love the 90, 90 degree heat, but without the humidity. It's actually about 10 degrees hotter than that where I'm at. But, um, you know, it is, it is not as hot as uh, consistently hot, I noticed, as the last four years where they torched us. I think that the HARP technology is definitely in play, but I, I do know that we were warned it was going to be a hot summer and we are heading into August, hot August, right? Yes. And we're supposed to have a cold winter, so we'll see what happens. That we will. So let's talk about the Second Amendment. Let's do it. So the Second Amendment is, is a hot topic always, but especially right now. Uh, what would you like to begin with? Well, 
what's really seemed to set off the uh, other side is uh, the recent Supreme Court decision uh, that came out on the uh, unconstitutional may issue laws that are on the books in nine of the uh, anti-gun states. And that has really, I guess, uh, raised the temperature for those folks. Huh. Uh, sure it destroyed has. New York's proper cause requirements. And uh, it was interesting to read the uh, opinion on it, but uh, Justice Thomas really laid that, that information out. So God bless on that. God bless POTUS uh, for putting the necessary people in place so that we can get back to the original uh, meaning of the Constitution. Amen. The right of the people to bear arms. So it's go ahead. No, go ahead. Please go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying, I mean, I know lots of people uh, that in California that have applied for permits and, you know, it's uh, up to the local agency and it's basically may issue. So if you have just cause or uh, reasonable cause and, and it's arbitrary. And in, in uh, different uh, counties, in the rural counties, that's not a problem. In urban counties, that potentially is. But uh, with this... It, 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 it is arbitrary, huh? Well, they, they set us what they call a standard. And, and like, as an example, I heard, like, the L.A. County Sheriff um, it kind of reduced the standard, whereas before, hardly anyone got any kind of uh, concealed carry permit. But now they... Um, Kind of reduced it and and uh in the past year and a lot of people were well several thousand people were um able to get get a concealed carry permit and there's you know probably close to ten thousand people in the process of doing it but then of course you have come along and have our california department of justice docs mm-hmm. all the people in the state of california that um got a ccw they put it up on their website and that included judges and um, uh, people under, uh, you know, like uh, special protection and all that information went out. And, I mean, named everything. So the, these people are unhappy. Uh, and that's one of the ways of getting back at it. And then, of course, I think the states that uh, have been affected by this, you know, uh, California, New York, Connecticut, Hawaii, Delaware, Maryland, I think Massachusetts, New Jersey are in there also. And I think Rhode Island also. But I'm sure like what they're trying to do in California is make it so restrictive that it's pretty much impossible to carry concealed. Um, They're trying to pass it where you can't go into a business unless they have a sign that says, you know, concealed carry. Okay. Really? Yeah. That's, um, uh, you know, don't ask me to try and remember all the, uh, 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 I guess, I think it's uh, Senate Bill 918. I think that's it where they're trying to do that with. And uh, look what happened in Indiana just the other day. I mean, they have constitutional carry there, but the mall, they had a sign up, signs from what I understand, you know, no concealed carry. And yet here's an individual that basically stopped an active shooter that was in one respect breaking the law. Of course, you know, they say he's a good Samaritan and yet the left comes out and says, how can he be a good Samaritan? So, you know, that's definitely challenges out there, even though it's... um, that's a perfect example why the second amendment is so important i love what the gentleman at the uh, texas church shooting I mean, there's been so many it's hard to keep track a lot of them are false flags as we know but there was one in texas where there was a gentleman that potus bought up to i believe it was one of his rallies or speeches and he had a concealed carry and he basically took out the shooter in a church and saved a bunch of people and when they asked him uh, at the speech, what, you know, what did you do to, you know, you took out the shooter. He said, no, I didn't take anybody out. I took out evil. And I loved what he said. Um, I'm just really curious as to this. Uh, I was talking with our local sheriff the other day, I was down at the station and the, the sheriff seemed actually really excited. Um, but you know, I, this was a deputy that I know that people were applying for these, uh, CCW permits in California and he was telling me how it's just overwhelming and it's taking months and months because of the, the ruling that came down. It just, you know, it exploded. Everybody suddenly was applying for their permits. But I think the, uh, the law enforcement folks that I've talked with, you know, the good ones, uh, I don't speak with any of the bad ones, of course, but 
they're, they seem to be uh, excited about this. What do you have to say about that? Well, I think most officers, and I'm going to have to say old school because I don't know a lot of the new, you know, newcomers, but the old school guys never had to worry about a civilian being armed. And I go back to the riots in 92 and um, that were happening all over the United States and, and, and um, having talked to, you know, different officers and different agencies, uh, they were not upset. They were actually happy that uh, uh, people, uh, you know, armed themselves. And then I, I remember watching on TV on some of the stuff, like the Koreans in Koreantown happened to be on their uh, rooftop, yep. right, to keep them out because uh, law enforcement was ordered to stand down. And, uh, and uh, I mean, you know, guys were chomping at the bit. Let's get out there and get it done. Nope, can't do it. So it's um, the bottom line is, uh, unfortunately, the folks, you need to take care of yourself because in true reality, you, the individual, is the first responder. The police are the second ones to get there. And, uh, you know, time is of the essence in a lot of respects. So, uh, but it's important that, um, you know, as, as a side note, you know, the, the responsibility goes with it. And it's important that folks educate themselves and uh, be aware of, uh, I guess you could call it, the rules of engagement and, and, and educate themselves so that they have the ability to explain what they did. And that I find in, in my experience from moving from law enforcement into the civilian world, the challenge was getting people educated and uh, so they understand, number one, their rights, number two, the rules and how to get, you know, uh, uh, know the rules uh, of the road in, in their jurisdiction or when they travel and three have the ability to explain why they did what they did because if they don't you know the system could eat them up so i mean look at look at uh what i'm trying to think of the name of the uh, individual that used the ar i mean uh, look at the hell he went through oh that and, yes in in um in uh, illinois and yet, you know, uh, that, everything that went through because, uh, you know, he became in one sense a political prisoner. But you have to have the ability to explain what you did, and that'll keep you at least uh, out of a lot of trouble. And I think that's an important thing because with the Second Amendment, yes, it's there. And, and yes, it's um, a right, a God-given right. But in our world today, you still have to be able to articulate your rights. I find it amusing that people, first of all, don't know our history of how this country was founded on the on the ideals of freedom and liberty, and that didn't happen with you know having tea with the British. People don't realize what it took and how many lives were really sacrificed, and you know the suppression of history. That's a whole separate show topic. I mean, we could go on and on forever. I think people need to really realize how important it is. And we've seen other countries where they've lined up the citizens, you know, from Australia to uh, who was I talking to Scotland, I was talking with a, a non from Scotland on the Monday matters, They just lined people up and took their weapons away. I mean, that's, come on, you know, yep. I mean, wake the, the F up. We can swear on the show, by the way, that's okay. We just can't say other words that aren't swear words <laughs> that trigger the CDC and so forth. So, well, you know, it's interesting if a, a person has just a little understanding of history and you look at all the regimes that existed. I mean, you, you know, you, you know, take a look at Russia, China, um, what happened in Cambodia, you know, Germany, um, you know, you take away the people's uh, ability to protect themselves, um, then they all become victims. And, and I mean, how many millions of people were killed? as a result of that. And you wonder why do they want that, you know, your ability to take away uh, your, you know, right to self-defense, which is a God-given right. And this is the only country in the world that basically has said that. I mean, look at all the other countries and I mean, Europe, even today, you know, you, you don't have the rights to have that firearm except under special conditions. And it's, you know, a government right, when in reality, the right to self-defense is a God-given right. And, right. and here, 
you know, they, they want to take that away from us here. Interesting note, I just uh, read the other day that um, I, I don't want to uh, glorify the individual, but he wants to uh, have a um, Amendment 28 to the Constitution. And it basically takes away your ability to own a firearm and you have to go through all these special things to get it. And the whole purpose of the amendment is to negate the second amendment. What does that tell you? I bet you that same person, like the other ones who want to take away our, our God-given right to defend ourselves, are surrounded with people with firearms to, to help defend them. <laughs> oh, I, I am sure of it. I am absolutely sure of it. No, it's, uh, but it was just in, in finding that out, I just was amazed. I mean, so this, this well, I don't know, I'll say it, Michael Moore. He wants oh, to God. promote a, um, a, um, a um, I guess, a, a, a show or, or a presentation, but his whole thing is, yeah, we need an amendment, uh, a 28th Amendment to the Constitution to remove the Second Amendment. And that's scary. No, Did you I know mean, that if you put a, a wig on Michael Moore and put Rosie O'Donnell next to him, they look alike? That's scary. Let's leave that. I, I want to make sure my breakfast stays down. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was going to throw Steve Bannon into the mix, but it's a little too early for that, for that disclosure. But do pay attention to what's going on with Bannon, folks. All right. Enough asides. Uh Back to this, you know, the Second Amendment ruling that just came down. Um, how do you, how do you see this affecting uh, our state, California? How do you see it directly? Besides what we just talked about, people going out applying for their permits. Uh, what do you personally foresee happening? And you know, I know we've talked a little bit before we got on here. What do, what are what are your uh, insights to all of this? Well, I, th I believe a lot of people are going to try and, and, you know, go get their concealed carry permits. I mean, um, but our state legislature in, in the state of California is going to do whatever it can, I believe, to negate in one way or another that decision. Um, I cited earlier the example of uh, um, uh, Senate Bill 918, which is from... Uh, I think it's Portantino, he's a Democrat. Mm -hmm. And basically it's gonna put owner's restrictions on CCW holders. Example, um, you're prohibited from carrying where any, wherever any alcohol is sold. So you can't go to the market because can't alcohol the is sold. Store. Right. Exactly. What's the point? What's the point? Well, to make it, you know, concealed carry impossible. Public transportation can't carry. Um, they're going to try and increase fees related to it. And that's kind of, I find that interesting. I guess uh, um, they, you can't have a, a voting tax, but you can have a tax against your Second Amendment rights. Um, they also want to make it so they have to get uh, um, uh, reviewed by a psychologist and get an approval. But how many, how many you know, psychologists slash psychiatrists are out there that are going to be approved by the state? So they're right. going to try and put as many um, hurdles in the way of someone trying to uh, enjoy their uh, constitutional right. And then even, even, I mean, there's so many things that they're trying to do. But another one which kind of surprised me is, um, I think it's Senate Bill 505, where in order to uh, um, have a firearm, you have to have liability insurance. And just going, well, that's going to, you know, let's say there's a million people. Well, we know more than that in, this, in, in, let's say, the state of California. But, you know, you have to go out and get a liability insurance policy to own a firearm. Once again, they're taxing your constitutional right. I'm sure all those things would uh, eventually uh, come to uh, fruition as being illegal. And that's the frustrating thing is I see the legislature knowingly passing laws that they know are unconstitutional, forcing the folks to go through a process to be able to have their rights recovered. And I think that is just evil on, on, in the general respect. I agree. 
I might ask you some questions here that I already know the answers to, but I'm just doing it so that we can, we're talking to the public and there's listeners out there that maybe don't speak the same language and are just here to learn. Um, can you tell the audience the difference between a concealed carry permit and an open carry? Sure. Um, open carry is uh, the easiest example that probably everyone knows is what the Cowboys, right? On a holster, on a belt that was obviously everyone knows that you have a firearm on you. Concealed mm -hmm. carry basically says that the firearm has to be concealed from public view. And the proper way to carry a concealed in is to, so basically no one knows that you have that firearm. And in my book, that's the best way to be because uh, having open carry, uh, to me, it makes you an easy target for a bad guy if they want something bad enough. But with con concealed carry, no one knows that you have the firearm. And but what goes with concealed carry, or even carrying a firearm, is you, you have to be aware of your environment. And that's, to me, the biggest uh, thing out of it is know what's going on around you. And um, the average person, it's, it's about avoidance. If I can avoid the problem, great. If it comes to me and I can't avoid it, then I have that equalizer, you know. And, and for people, especially for women, to me, that's a huge advantage for them to have that. In fact, just as a side note, in the past year, um, the biggest uh, increase in, in uh, um, I guess, demographics would be women. 40% of the gun sales have been to women, which is a huge change in the demographics. Great. So I think that, yep. that's a huge uh, thing for, uh, um, for women is, the, you know, it's a great equalizer. Yes, you can you know, learn self-defense skills and and, and but you know the the our uh, uh, weapons free I guess you could say, but let's be honest for the most part women don't have the same strength as a man, and so it is an equalizer. So that's an important issue. That was the number one reason why I chose not to go into the police department. My very first day, I realized I do not have the same strength as a man. And no disrespect to women out there who are in the force, you know. I'm, I'm very respectful to everybody who chooses this insane profession, especially the honest ones, I should say. But, you know, I remember a comment that my, uh, I had a very, very famous uh, martial arts teacher um, that I respect greatly as I do you. Uh, and he told me, you know, and he's, he's very, very world, worldwide known, uh, a grandmaster, if you will. And I mean, this man has, you want to call them special powers, but he just knows how to manipulate movement and, um, and energy. And he, he always said, you can be as good as you want. You can be me, but if somebody has a gun, you lose. <laughs> yeah. And he's yes. right. You know, it doesn't matter how trained you are in whatever it is, aside from, uh, you know, firearm use and other weapons, I should say, but at, at the end of the day, whoever's holding that gun, correctly and with proper use and training of course they've got a superior advantage over you and you don't have any chance that's true very true and so i mean that's why in my book it is important for women to um have that ability which actually brings up another i guess important point and i mean this country has gotten very polarized yeah and, and you know as as um you know, people that believe in the Second Amendment, um, you know, we have to have a big tent and we have to kind of um, welcome, you know, people in. And I guess you could say be uh, um, have the ability to, to bridge people over. And one of the things that um, I have found is that uh, I can talk to just about anyone. And the important thing is to listen to what they have to say and and uh identify what their i guess needs are and um by doing that uh i've converted i guess you could say a lot of people from being anti-gun to being wow it's a good it's an important tool but it's also just fun to go out and shoot and uh you know starting people off the right way is an important thing but but by just listening to what people have to say sooner or later 
they wind up convincing themselves that, yeah, I just may need this. I have a neighbor that very liberal, very, um, um, their, you know, their, their sense, but in having different discussions and listening to what they had to say, they led themselves to the opinion that, you know what? Yeah, maybe I need to get something. And then, geez, can you help, uh, help train me? Absolutely. No problem with that. That's great. But, but that's an important thing that for, for the folks that are Second Amendments is to, you know, instead of getting into arguments with people, you know, sharpen up your listening skills, listen to what they have to say, and eventually they'll convince themselves that they have this need. And, and that's an important aspect of, of uh, making the Second Amendment, you know, more important. Now, yeah, there are some people that uh, you can't, but I think it was Reagan that said, if someone's 80% on your side and 20% not on your side, they're still an 80% ally. And so, you know, going out there and, and, and being able to, you know, listen to people and, and, uh, and uh, not get into arguments, but listen. And then a lot of times they'll convince themselves. So I think that's an important aspect of the Second Amendment that, that we be good listeners and then and, and we have the ability to convert people, you know, so they don't have this uh, image that uh, is put out by the uh, left and the anti-gunners that were all a bunch of Neanderthals. The mainstream media, you know, with all the other lies they propagate is the enemy of the people and they do control this narrative that's been going on for so long, painting out people who are, if you wanna call it pro-gun, gun, I call it pro, pro-life self-defense is what I call it. Um, and pro-life in the sense of not, you know, we're not going to the abortion issue. I'm talking about living and surviving in this world and having our freedom and liberty. Uh, I think once people uh, are able to see past that, I think the uh, the fear or the you know I mean look at look at what the media does with the concept of owning a weapon or having a weapon and you know forget the false flag stuff that's a whole other topic you know a whole other level of it but everything we see in the media is of course skewed to control you know the minds of the population and um, I think once. Once that MSM is taken over, I think we're going to see a lot of changes in the attitude about what we are talking about today, about our right to defend ourselves and to own a firearm. On that note, I'd like to uh, really kind of stress something that you um, are an expert at and and have have, um, really instilled within me and others that have uh, been blessed enough to to know you uh, in this time and before this time. People out there that are considering, especially with this new ruling that has come down, um, getting a firearm if they're new to it, I really want to have you stress how important it is. You don't just go out and buy a gun, even if you're eligible to do so. Eligibility is a whole other thing, but there's so many other things than to just owning and firing a gun than, than uh, uh, help me out here, like the training and the rules of engagement and the awareness that you were talking about earlier is, I think, 90% of it. Well, you're, you're right. Um, I, a simple analogy is um, carrying a gun for self-defense in public was like, being a driver in the Indy 500. Yes. Now, would you go out and say, well, you know, I have an Indy 500 car. I should be able to, you know, race uh, in Formula One races or something like that. No, you know, um, you should uh, go out and get the right training. On the other flip side of the coin is, well, if government gets involved in deciding how much training you have to get to just own a firearm, you know, let alone carry concealed in public, that's um, a slippery slope. I mean, are they going to make it where you have to stand on your head uh, or on your hand, one hand, and be able to shoot at a target at 50 yards away? You know, could I, could I see certain segments of the government saying, well, yeah, that's what you need or that, that aspect? So in the general sense of ownership, it's a God-given right. And self-protection is a God-given right. So... 
it's a limit to one's ability to get the firearm. I don't think this should be there. However, if a person's smart, they will learn the skill. And, and to me, if you're going to carry out in the street, then you need to also learn how to recognize potential threats, be aware of your environment, and, you know, let's be honest, avoid. Having been involved in self-defense shootings, um, it takes a toll on you. And taking another human life is very difficult. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's not that, uh, and I think most people are that way, that, you know, they don't want to think and be there. So, you, yes, you have to make that, that decision. Do, do I have the ability to take someone's life? Now, I know people that um, if someone was messing with their family, they'd be the first ones to take care of business and, and protect their family. But outside of that, you know, that's, uh, that's a decision that they made and said, no, I couldn't do that. Nothing wrong with that. They know what their limitations are. And you have to make those kind of decisions. But the important thing is having that training so that you can identify potential problems so that you have the ability to avoid or, and are be in a position to protect your family. And that takes time. And it doesn't have to take a lot of money, but it, if you can read, you can, you know, there's plenty of videos out there and you can analyze the videos. You know, what, what happened right, what happened wrong, geez, how could I have I avoided those old things? Um, I call it uh, gaming, practicing, and visualization of incidents so that you can say, well, I don't need to be there. So there's a lot of avenues out there where people can do that. The, the biggest challenge to me that I see in a lot of people is when they make that decision, what firearms should they get? And, you know, with the run on guns that happened during the, the you know, the COVID lockdowns, um, people were buying stuff that maybe they shouldn't have bought that doesn't suit their needs, but they wanted something. Right. Well, availability is a little bit better now. And depending on what state you are in, like in California, they have a list of guns that you can uh, buy. And a lot of the new stuff that's out there, you can't get your hands on in California and in some of the other states. So, you know, that presents a challenge, but, you know, take the time. If you have a friend or acquaintance, I'm sure they would happy to take you to the range and, um, you know, start off with a a less powerful firearm just so you get the basics down. I mean, learning how to ride a bike as a kid, you know, you had some training wheels normally, but you weren't on a 10 speed racing down the roadway. Well, I think the same thing applies. It's, it's a, it's both a physical skill and a mental skill, and you have to develop that, that to be proficient. Um, number one and number two, it's not just a physical skill, but then also the mental skill of learning the laws that are applicable to the application of the use of deadly force. And, and I don't know if it's appropriate or not, uh, but there's um, an attorney out there and I'm, and by the way, I'm not getting any reward or benefit for saying this, but it's Andrew Bronca, and he has a, a book that's called the, the Five Principles of the Law of Self-Defense. And if fo- folks would read that book, they would know and understand when they can and can't use deadly force or any type of force. And to me, educating yourself on that. And then even he even has it where he has the information for each individual state, all 50 states and, you know, the state that you live in. If you, you know, learn that, you'll be way ahead of the game and you'll understand, you know, the principles of of self-defense and whether it's, you know, having to, you know, use OC spray or, you know, pepper spray on someone or, you know, push someone away from you that could still be considered using force and have that ability and understanding of that is so important. And to me, that's, uh, you know, goes right along with learning how to, to aim and pull the trigger and being proficient with your firearm, being proficient with the law is the second part and, and actually probably one of the most important parts of it because uh, that'll keep you out of a lot of trouble. Makes sense? Absolutely. Uh, for people out there that have never been to a shooting range and are listening to uh, the show today, I want 
I want them to know, uh, maybe you can tell them how how it kind of works, like give them a little, you know, not a complete virtual tour, but some people are like, do I need to buy a gun to go to a shooting range? No, um, most shooting ranges, at least all the ones I've ever been to, well, that's not true. Most shooting ranges that are uh, commercially operated and not just some private place have firearms uh, that are uh, available to you to rent. Is, am I correct? Yes. Let's just back up one more step from there. Sure. Most shooting ranges offer a beginner class, let's say a four-hour class. Mm-hmm. And there you learn about firearm safety, which is important. There you learn how um, um, the basics of what it takes to shoot a firearm. And then you're taken out with an instructor and using a low caliber uh, firearm with it that doesn't have uh, a magnum energy or something like that, and actually do some shooting. That is, to me, the smart way to introduce yourself. To me, the person that does that shows a sign of intelligence. That, yes, let me understand the basics. And then from there, geez, you can go out and, and rent a firearm. And, and I encourage that part to find out what fits your hand. Because um, uh, shooting, in one respect, is like finding a good pair of shoes. If they're too small, it makes it harder to move a walk around. If it's too, the shoes are too big, you know, either or you're going to get blisters, but when you find that right pair of uh, shoes, I guess you can, or you could call it the Goldilocks um, theory, it's the same thing that applies with firearms. You know, fit does mean uh, something. Okay. So, so getting and, and taking advantage of, let's say, a beginner class, and most of them are not that expensive, will actually save you money in the long run because then you'll learn you know, what's the proper behavior at a gun range? What are the safety rules? You're not coming in blind. Having worked at gun ranges, um, you know, you could always tell that, that here's, a, here's a beginner who hasn't uh, had any experience. And, you know, your, your primary responsibility as a safety officer is make sure that they're safe. And so you got to do that. But it's sometimes uh, a challenge or the one that always got kind of cracked me up is the boyfriend takes the girlfriend to the range and what does he you know go bring out or rent it's the biggest handgun they have and it's like no you're not going to do that you need to start with what's called a 22 long rifle which is a very small caliber low energy and mm-hmm. you need to start her on that so she has a positive experience and is wanting to come back and as an instructor what i have found out over the years that women actually are easier to train and a lot of times become better shooters than their spouse or significant other. So, uh, you know, there might be a little competition there, but follow the, uh, a, a logical path and it's actually fun. I, I call it the Zen of shooting. And it's like when you're out there shooting and you're focused on that, the world could fall off behind you and you wouldn't pay attention to it. So it's important that, um, you, you start it right so it's enjoyable you know why women I, sorry i'm sorry go ahead <laughs> oh i just i said i hope i answered your question oh you did absolutely you know i'm taking so many notes while we're talking and thinking my god i could talk to you forever and there's so many different episodes we could do of this so the listeners please do stay tuned we're going to be uh, going on with the series for as long as uh we we need to or or, or is necessary i was just going to say i think women don't take this wrong guys. There's a lot of amazing men out there. Um, we're just better listeners sometimes. And, you know, I think it's just easier to <laughs> instruct us. It depends. It depends on the, on the woman. You know, I had a question for you when you were talking about this. Um, I have a few questions just about, um, is there an age limit for somebody to, uh, be at the range? That depends on the range. Um, I've seen ranges where, you know, if the a child is with the parent and they're 10 years age or, or older, it, they find, I mean, I think it's up to the individual range to decide that and liability. I mean, I started my children at age four and five learning about firearms, or actually age four. And, you know, they, they learned from shooting a pellet gun, airsoft gun, and the next thing they were shooting a 22 to where they became competitive shooters. And it's, it, you have to look at, you know, is the, each child is different and on what their ability 
or their sense of responsibility. I mean, that's in one way, years ago, we were more of an agrarian society versus an urban society. Mm-hmm. And kids grew up around, on, you know, where did our food come from? And, you know, there was death involved in, you know, butchering a cow or a, or a goat or a sheep, you know, versus, uh, you know, going to the, the market and picking it up. So they had an understanding of, you know, what life was a little bit more about. And so you could say the maturity level. But I, I think it's not based on one specific age. It's a, where, where is my you know, child at on their maturity level? And, and let's say the, the parents' level of uh, understanding. But you have uh, like the Boy Scouts, and they have a, a program, of course, you know, in California, they passed the law that you can't advertise to kids. So you can't direct uh, basically training to kids. Um, that's, that's one of the laws that they just put out on the book. It's almost like they want to destroy a generation of exposure. But the Boy Scouts have programs uh, um, uh, for a merit batch. And th- those are under very controlled s- uh, scenarios and situations. And of course, the parents are uh, involved in, in you know, the approval of that. And kids learn the right way on how to handle a firearm and all the safety and, and the responsibility that goes with it. Interesting, I, I helped in, in doing that. And one of the things I suggested is after we're done with the kids shooting, let's ha- invite the moms. And uh, that particular troop, the more and more mothers were showing up to shoot after their kids shot because they enjoyed doing it. So that's just a side note, but I think it's up to the parents to decide the maturity level of the, of the individual um, uh, uh, child and then make a decision from there. But at, at the ranges that I've been to, it's usually around 10 or 12, unless, uh, you know, um, but usually uh, 10, you know, for, for hunting purposes, most states, uh, you know, um, uh, it's after the age of... Uh, 12 that uh, kids could get uh, their hunting licenses, but it doesn't preclude them from going out with their, their parent going hunting. As an example, I know where, um, you know, kids as young as three and four were out there with their dad out hunting. And so they learned at an early age, the responsibilities of a firearm. I don't know if that answers your question, but I think that's uh, uh, a pretty good explanation. Well, definitely is. I, I really uh, do appreciate the, uh, the depth of your answer. And I, I, um, I myself was about three or four years old when I started getting trained by my, by my father with firearms. And it's been a, a lifelong journey since, you know, it's kind of like a language almost like if, if kids are actually easier to pick up on stuff, you know, we learn things and we're more open to stuff as children and a skill, just like anything else, like playing an instrument, um, using a firearm is a skill and it takes practice. Like if, you know, I hadn't done it for a while. I had to have wrist surgery some time ago and taking some years off and man, did that kick my ass. <laughs> you go back and you're like, but it comes back. You know, the more you practice, if your, your previous skills come back and, and if you've never done it before, you know, start now as you're telling people. Um, and I do like to hear that women are indeed taking advantage of, uh, and especially with the, with the new ruling that's come down because, you know, I, as you know, um, a little bit of my background, I, I worked in special victims that often involves children and women and I can't tell you how many times I looked at a case, you know, opened up and looked at the crime scene photos where it was too late because people were already deceased and victims of crimes where had they had a firearm, they probably would have had a much better chance at surviving what happened to them. Absolutely. You know, the, as uh, they said, you know, when the cold single action army came out in the, was it 1870s, you know, that God created man, but cold uh, created man equal. So, you know, being able to take care of yourself and defend yourself to me is a huge, huge aspect of, of life. And, uh, you know, everyone has to make their own decisions, like I said, but uh, on, on their willingness to use that force. And that's up to every individual. But uh, if you do, then educating yourself and, and being the best at it as you possibly can is an important issue, too. There's a lot of other topics which are going to warrant uh, different episodes here coming up of this QA series that we're doing together. I have a bunch of different notes that I made before, and now I'm talking. My God, I'm filling up another notebook. Can you believe it? Um, 
we can go into those in later shows, but just to give the audience a hint of things that uh, I would want to bring up later, not all of them, because I want to keep some of them a surprise. I'd like to talk about in future shows, not today, reciprocity. Um, not that it, you know, we have the exact answers to all different states, but just a general overview of what rep reciprocity means when you have a carry permit in one state, how does it translate into other states? I know you've given me great insight into uh, looking into this topic, um, not today, but also other, other things about rules of engagement training. Um, I'd like to talk about the sheriff at some point and um, eligibility of people who can and cannot own firearms. Of course, there's just lists of these things for each state and things change from time to time because there's a lot of changes that are going to be coming up um, that are part of this so-called plan holding this eternal line. And so it seems that we have indeed been holding. Um, but before, I don't want to go into those topics today. Dean, but is there anything else today before we wrap up this episode, this very first introductory episode, if you will, of the Second Amendment series, which I have yet to name. Maybe you can help me with that because I know I do appreciate your wit and humor. Um, is there any other topics you'd like to talk about today before we close out this introductory uh, show? Well, you know, I think one important thing on one aspect and it's reinforcing what I already said. You know, we have to have a big tent. And, and being able to listen to people and not so much in an adversarial position, but just listen to people and, and if it comes up and um, let folks talk. And uh, a lot of times, like I said, people will talk themselves into, yes, I, yes, no, maybe it's not as bad. Maybe having a firearm is an important you know, aspect, especially with some of the craziness going on. But uh, really, um, you know, I could spend hours talking about different stuff, um, you know, what you've talked about reciprocity. But I think what's important is for folks to educate themselves. And there's lots of information out there. And, um, and understand the responsibility that goes with the firearm, but also understand the loss because... You know, ignorance is uh, maybe bliss, but, uh, you know, there's still the powers to be that you know, don't want us to have that. And the more educated we are and the safer we are and the more knowledge that we're armed with makes us a, a better, I guess you could say, uh, ambassadors for uh, the Second Amendment. I fully agree. Uh, what I'll do is um, I, try to, I try to, my God, I feel like I'm doing this 24-7, and I am. Um, by God's grace. And thank you again for all of your insights. And my goodness, you're a wealth of information. What I'm going to do is post a blog article that will feature this introductory episode. And uh, going forward, today's uh, episode, you mentioned a book by Bronca, The Five Principles of the Laws of Self-Defense. Did I get that right? Yes. I'm yes. going to post a link. I believe link. that's the correct uh, title. I'll look it up and confer with you before I actually throw up the posting, but I know that as we talk, there's going to be references, you know, in fact, I'm going to post the second amendment, read it people. It's very simple. Um, but I think it's important to give people references as we go along. So for the audience who's listening out there, uh, we will, I will post whatever Dean uh, talks about and references like I do with other um, guests that come on the show so that you guys don't have to, you know, scribble notes. And I know a lot of people are turning this audio on, which is why we're doing this podcast. I used to just be writing before, but that takes time of sitting down and actually visually looking at a screen. So when people are, you know, maybe uh, cleaning their house or cooking or perhaps uh, detailing their car, whatever it is that they're doing, and they're listening to this, you can refer to the blog article at delaraessengill.blog. Haven't titled it yet, haven't written it yet, but it will be about this first episode uh, featuring Dean Washington um, in this uh to a series that we will be doing. And I will list the, uh, the book that you, you referenced here, but going forward, I will also list whatever else uh, references that you make for our listeners. So thank you for that. I enjoyed talking with you. And I, like I said, this is an important topic for people to uh, understand and, and, um, and believe in and, and reinforce uh, on the bigger scale. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time, your service. And um, we will be talking again soon. All right. Take care, Delara. All right. Take care. Thank you.
Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the first in the series called The Right to Bear Arms, featuring Dean Washington here on A Fistful of Truth. Please kindly take a moment to copy and paste the URL and maybe keep it, send it to somebody, put it in a group, share it on your social media. This series is in sequential order, so please do kindly make sure if you're tuning in, this is the first episode of The Right to Bear Arms here on A Fistful of Truth, talking about the Second Amendment and how the impact of what's going on has affected um, our society, our rights, and what all sorts of other topics that uh, Dean and I will be discussing in the upcoming weeks. Again, you can hear this program here on Thursdays. Uh, It won't be every Thursday because we will go back and forth with Health Matters, which is our regular programming here on A Fistful of Truth. So uh, we're not taking away Health Matters. We're just going back and forth here. Uh, In the meantime, you can look forward to tomorrow is Friday. I have a special tomorrow on You Heard It Here First. Montana Sky is back. and We are talking about Blood Diamonds. So be sure to tune in on You Heard It Here First because she has some very interesting information and stuff that I hadn't even known about. It's amazing talking to Montana Sky. She is a wealth of information, a strong, faithful patriot, a child of the Almighty. And I'm very proud and honored to have her here, as well as our uh, tonight's guest and all the other guests, uh, Dean Washington, George Pittman, uh, Mike Fanning, John D'Souza, Hiro Emoto, wonderful people and others that I have not named, Jimmy Mack, that have shown up on the show and given their all selflessly to help make America great again. And thank you to the Patriots worldwide. Scott Anon recently was on the show. We'll be talking with more Patriots from around the world, Bags from Canada. Thank you to everybody who writes to me and tunes in. We're going to be traveling across the 50 states. Monday Matters is going to be featuring a new state on Monday. I haven't announced that yet because I want to make sure that my guest is on par for Monday. And in the meantime, tomorrow is the POTUS rally, so make sure you tune in. Uh, To the POTUS rally itself, please do listen to it. It's on RSBN. I'll post a link to my Telegram channel. And also, there will be a POTUS rally decode featuring Snackanon. Make sure you watch uh, the latest decodes. Just type in Snackanon to delaraessengill.blog. It'll pull up the latest decodes we've done. Lots of comms in there, folks. If you want to be ahead of the information, please kindly go to the blog, type in Snackanon. It'll pull up the last two or three decodes. POTUS rally decodes is just the easiest way, the easiest key term to search for it. That's why I'm recommending you do it that way. Otherwise, I got to name all the cities and you have to remember all of it. Much easier to remember snacking on besides how unforgettable is he. So in the meantime, make sure you are up to date. Do your homework assignment. You know, we do a lot here to make sure that everybody is up to date on what is going on and the important stuff. There's a lot of peripheral information, distractions. That's not what we focus on here on the blog or a fistful of truth. You can know that when you come here, you're getting filtered, intelligent information that's not skewed by grifting. So in the meantime, do tune in to Lynn Wood. He's the only one that I pay attention to on Telegram. God bless you, Lynn. God bless you, Donald J. Trump. God bless all of the men and women and patriots worldwide that are tuning in, sharing, and and caring about this movement because it takes an army, folks. And uh, the whole trust each other and hold the line. I know those phrases get old, but it's very important. Real quick, too, please do check out the Soma Vedic. The Soma Vedic, the 5G protection device, mitigates 5G, really changes your living environment. I can't imagine my life without one. I have the Vedic, also structures your water. There's a link to get 10% off that amazing device. There's articles I write about. Um, I write about the Soma Vedic. You can check that out on my blog. Soma Vedic, S-O-M-A-B-E-D-I-C, at DelaraSMGill.blog. The podcast description contains the following links. You can get OP2 Labs Collagen, developed by Navy SEALs, all Patriot made and owned. I take it every day. I just took mine a little bit ago. You can dissolve it in water, turn it into a milkshake, or buy the ready pack. It's protein and froggy fuel. It's the way to go. You can also and you can also get a 10% discount on that too. All of those information and all the different discounts and links are here in the podcast description. You don't need to hear me talk about it every single episode because I get tired of saying it and you guys are tuning in for the information. But do understand that your purchase of these products helps keep this going. Um, in the meantime, in the meantime, there's also hemp therapies, um, pure CBD oil, and Mission Darkness Faraday bags. All of these things are part of, in my mind and in my heart, my daily life and part of staying well 
And indeed, today is Health Matters. So do check out the products at the end of the uh, podcast description. And for those of you that are having some trouble hearing this podcast on Spotify or other platforms, I am trying to put it up on Rumble. So not all of the episodes are there, but some of them are there. And there's only so many hours in the day that I have. I'm really busy usually talking with people, um, researching and producing content. So I apologize if not everything is up there, but thank you to those of you who wrote in and said thank you for being on Rumble. (laughs) Who hasn't censored me yet? That's the last place I'm standing, folks. That and Telegram. All right. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you, patriots, and make sure you tune in next week. It'll either be the right to bear arms on Thursday or health matters. But either way, I'll see you tomorrow here on A Fistful of Truth with Montana Sky on About Those Diamonds on You Heard It Here First. Where we go one, we go all.